0: hey y'all welcome to not tyler perry's writer's room i'm crystal and i'm ashley so kick off your shoes relax your feet and let's get into it
1: hey girl hey what's up ash
0: hey i'm cool you know just trying to keep my head up and stay positive while we're out here quarantining and shelter in place how you doing how you been
1: you know i'm just trying to stay black like literally stay black because we're inside and vitamin d <laughs> deficiency is real as fuck so you start starting to come
0: out a little pasty I'm,
1: you know my my winter color is trying to creep in and i'm like That's no it. boo boo it's it's the beginning of the
0: summer. we That's a shame, but that's a real thing. You know, I think too, sometimes my feet don't get enough sun because I like to wear sandals, but then my legs be all dark. I understand.
1: Listen, you walking around with a farmer's tan and stuff, that's cute. But also, ain't nobody gonna see it. So like, I mean, you know, there's more important things to worry about, but I ain't gonna lie. I'm trying to stay black in all the ways that one can be black culturally and otherwise. That's real. Yeah.
0: We've been sheltering in place for, gosh, almost like 16, 17 weeks now. Um, And What have we been doing with that time? Watching TV. TV! There are all kinds of series and movies, just content coming about. And me and Crystal here have been getting into Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Catch that on NBC On Demand. I've actually been watching it on Hulu. What are we going to talk about today, Crystal?
1: Today, we are talking about season one, episode one, aptly titled Pilot, because that is what it is. It's the pilot episode. We are talking
0: about Zoe's Extraordinary. Is that what it's called? Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? Zoe's Extraordinary Extraordinary Playlist. Okay. Can we talk yeah, about Is
1: it ex- okay. is it ordinary or is it extraordinary? It's extraordinary. I just I just said extraordinary because I don't know. But also, here's the thing: that title is weird. It's a lot. It's a mouthful.
0: That Obviously. and when we're gonna get into this when we get into the episode, <laughs> but like no lie, just coming off the title, I'm thinking, okay, she is gonna have like a repertoire or a plethora. Of just music, is she gonna be queuing up? Because this is yeah. supposed to be her playlist. Yeah. So what? And like when I'm thinking about extraordinary, like off top, I'm thinking, okay, this is about to be hella dope, right? This is about to be on point. <laughs> yes. And mm. I'll let you know how I feel in terms of how they was delivering this in episode one, and what I'm wondering, what I were two. <laughs> Listen, that's like
1: so. First, I haven't read an official synopsis, but this is what. This is how I summed it up. This show is based around Zoe. Zoe is a young software engineer, aka Coder. She says that over and over again and it, it, it just blows my fucking mind. But anyway, Zoe is a young software engineer in San Francisco who works in tech and because of an earthquake during an MRI, she now hears people's thoughts in song form. That seems to be the gist of the show. Issue number one, let me just say this. I just have to. Ashley and I both work in tech, half for years. Ashley and I both work in tech in the Bay Area. I happen to work in San Francisco. Ashley works in Marin County. Same difference because they only show the Golden Gate Bridge and you just assume Marin and San Francisco are the same. Um... I don't work in engineering, but I work around engineers. And I also went to school for computer science. I don't know any self-respecting engineer who is an adult who refers to themselves as a coder. I don't. I I don't. Like coding is something six-year-olds do. Like grown people who making 130K plus a year who are engineers, they're always quick to tell you that they're engineers. That, that. So this coding shit, it I haven't had a, ch- a chance to delve into it, but it makes me feel like whoever wrote this has no experience with software engineers, at least not software engineers in the Bay. I don't know what engineers in the rest of the world does, but if you encounter anybody who is in engineering in the Bay Area within the first 30 seconds of meeting them, they will tell you they are an engineer. So. That, that just burns my britches because it sounds really elementary and it's just like, why are you making her say this? Also, she's a woman and I don't know what the statistics are, but women engineers are still few
0: and far between.
1: Girl. So Girl. I highly doubt she'd just be walking around calling herself a coder.
0: I Girl. mean, maybe amongst her peers, I definitely would not expect her to say some shit like that at a networking event. Step your elevator pitch up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was that part. The show opens with Zoe being awakened by her neighbor singing extremely loudly first thing in the morning. Um, Beautifully, might I add. Okay. Melodic,
0: harmonious tunes.
1: Listen, come through, sis. And I already knew. I was like, oh, I know what this person looks like based (laughs) on their um, (laughs) vocal acrobatics. (laughs) acrobatics. <laughs> yes, well this run, hit this riff. Come on, hit this. First thing in the morning. Okay, voice warmed up. Zoe, to my surprise, did not act like a Karen because what she should have done is she should have got up immediately and went and knocked on the door and said, hey, cut all that singing
0: out. H- hush up. We live too hush. close together for you to be singing that loud.
1: Listen, but she didn't. She got up, got dressed before going to say something to her neighbor. I thought that was cute. I think maybe that was to exemplify the fact that she is typically an introvert. She's someone who doesn't like confrontation. She's someone who doesn't like to step up and like, you know, make a big deal about anything. So I think that kind of fit. I was happy to see that. But I don't know too many white women in San Francisco who wouldn't have like, at the very least, knocked on the door. Um, if not, made a nasty ass post on Next Door
0: or called the police. Like, I just, or well, I was thinking, like you really just uh, delved into some character development and assessment there from the first two minutes. Um, but I, I was thinking, same thing, like, dang, she had this, like, very composed. She had so much poise. It was like, okay. I'm assuming, or I'm taking the assumption or the standpoint that this isn't the first time that it's happened. And maybe this is the first time that she's going to say something about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I at least would have expected her to like rip off a text like, my neighbor is doing it again. I just wish that they would shut the F up. Yeah,
1: something. Yeah.
0: So that, again,
1: maybe they're, you know,
0: maybe they're leaning towards
1: building this, building her as this character who is mousy and doesn't stand up for herself so that we can see her develop into something else. Um, but I also thought that was cute too. I was like, okay, it's cute that she's not going to be an aggressive Karen, um, barbecue Becky. We, although that is more realistic, it's also like, okay, we know why women be in a feelings. Can we not always, I mean, the whole show is centered around her. Can we not be centered around her, feelings of being um aggressive towards people of color so that was kind of cute um and again this is all an assumption because we haven't seen neighbor yet but like i said you knew from the way them pipes was blowing we already knew so when she went Mm -hmm. to go knock on the door fabulous mo her neighbor answered the door and i was like come through come through mo aka alex newell who is amazing most people remember alex from Glee, Glee, probably short, shortly before it jumped the shark. And also Broadway. Like, tons of Broadway acclaim. But Alex opened that door in a kimono. Hello? And like, easy breezy beautiful cover girl. And, and what was hilarious <laughs> is <laughs> listen, what was hilarious Alex was singing, answered the door and told sis, hope oh, please, I finish. have to finish
0: my song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like you will not steal this moment. Do you hear me? The Lord put a song on
1: my heart this morning. I will finish it at all costs. But I was like, okay, come through. And instantly, the minute Mo appeared on the screen, I was in I was more intrigued with Mo than I had been with Zoe.
0: And like larger than life personality. I open the door like, okay, I have somebody about to be singing. And then I'm just like, look at all this aura. Like you're smiling. You wanting to sing too. And I'm just like, okay, what role will you play in this show?
1: Yes. Now I will also say that I rolled my eyes. And again, I'm going to just let y'all know I can be very critical. So let me just put that out there. Y'all ain't got to tell me. I know show ain't been on but five minutes and I'm already like, because I was like, please don't let this be another situation where the black actress or actor, I'm sorry, because I believe Alex um, identifies as gender nonconforming or as male. I'm not sure, but the black actor is intriguing, engaging and more interesting Yet somehow they are playing the sidekick to the boring white character. So I'm hoping that I'm proven wrong. I'm hoping that, again, this is all part of character development. Um, but I, I, it just it does something. This just may be my historical traumatic experience with media, but it always seems like there's this amazing ass black person who's there to move the white character alone and help them find the way. And I'm hoping that's not just that. I'm
0: hoping that you don't want you don't help. want Mo to be the help. <laughs>
1: no, no, what do they call it? The the something the something Negro. There's an archetype, um, the helpful Negro or something like that, where like the Negro character is literally there to be like, I show sure I'm gonna show you how to live free. You know, like I don't. I'm hoping that's not the case. You don't want that for for Mo's life. <laughs> We don't want that. So Zoe goes, complains. She's like, hey, um, do you have to sing so loud in the morning? And Mo is just like, girl, I'm going to do me. I pay my rent in my apartment. You pay your rent in your apartment. Let's keep it like that. But also, I noticed you putting on headphones. Let me recommend some music to you because I f- I feel like you need to be musically um, educated. Like Mo just knew. Mo was like, whatever you listening to, it ain't what you're supposed to be listening to. And then we find out that Zoe is... Which hilarious. I didn't even pick that up the first time that I watched it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, how apropos that we're doing a podcast about a character who... About a show with the main character who loves listening to podcasts.
0: Um, but can we talk about how boring the content was? I was like, is this even NPR? Sounds like it yeah. was like the uh, discovery channel podcast. It was something
1: about robotics. And I was like, oh, that's who you are. You, okay, you're really boring. That's interesting. Um, So then I believe then she gets to the coffee shop
0: yes. with her friend coworker meets up with this new character we got a couple couple more introductions in these first i don't know 5 to 10 minutes um, we discover he's a coworker and his name is Max by Max, the Max. way they're grabbing like coffee um their whole little dialogue was super informal like you can tell they're obviously like friends outside of work they're not just people Mm-hmm. that see each other at work so i'm like oh, okay cool um and they're discussing this promotion or something and i'm like okay he clearly is not interested in the promotion but he's rooting for her everybody I like that, yeah he's like the non-ambitious co-worker which was hilarious to me giving her tips on how to kill this interview but if we're asked about this position so I'm <laughs> like oh, okay bruh um but so I wanted to talk about some of the writing in this because I was hella curious who wrote this line about her having a little bit of vomit in the back of her throat and that how it was like in a good way. And I'm like, there's never been a time or going to be a time in which having vomit in the back of your throat is a good thing. That's disgusting. <laughs> like, why would that even be part of a sentence? I felt like it literally skeeved me out. I was like, ugh, there was not another way to describe that feeling. I felt the same thing. I'm like, now nah, I'm, I'm totally familiar with like, ooh, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, like you get the point. But like, it's just sitting there in a good way. Like, nah, sis, that's nah. no, no, I don't
1: I've never had that happen. I'm not sure what you're referring to. Maybe this is a, a white male, white woman thing. Maybe this is something you guys share. I don't know. I was thinking that too. I just was like, mm. it, it was it was a cute scene though. It introduced, a, it introduced, you know, what's happening, like first dilemma or second dilemma, because the first dilemma is like, hey, I have this uh, neighbor who yeah, plays neighbor. extremely yeah. loud music second dilemma or challenge or whatever is like hey there's this promotion at, at work everybody is is being made to interview for it which i thought was interesting i also liked it i don't know if max is just being an ally or if max has ulterior motives i think we find out later in the episode that he has a thing for zoe um Ooh. but he, he appeared to be he was he was doing his job as a friend, but not only that, he was doing his job as an ally because he was digging her up like, no, sis, this imposter syndrome. You got to get rid of this. You are amazing. You've done X, Y, and Z. Like, you helped us launch the app. Like, you led the team. Like, this is this is on you. Like, stop second guessing yourself and being like, oh well, you know, I help. And he's like, no, 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 you did more than that. And I I thought that was cute because I think. That I think I know for a fact as women in very male dominated fields, being in tech, that we tend to suffer from imposter syndrome a lot where we show up and we're like, I know I'm great. I know I do good things, but also do I belong here Um, because no one else looks like me? And I thought that that was really cute. I thought what would have made the scene a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more um, realistic for me is if the coffee was hella expensive. Um, because I think that's something that's unique to San Francisco, that's unique to the bay. Like you remember you what have, the
0: price of the coffee
1: was? No, but they didn't they didn't mention it because it wasn't anything that was important
0: because that's so Hollywood. They probably yeah, didn't so, even pay for real. Either.
1: Yeah, so that was a that was that was another thing that was kind of like, oh, this would have been a really good time to be like I'm ordering, like, because he ordered a regular, like, black coffee and they made a joke about how plain it was. Um, But, like, in San Francisco. What
0: about this? Because his live was so corny. (laughs) It was something about, like,
1: that being on his dating app as well. He was like, I like my coffee black and I don't know, straight or something. I don't know. Um, And I thought that was cute. I thought it was super cute. It, you know, there was that moment where the uh, barista was like,
0: Why do I yeah, like why do I need to know
1: that? I thought that was cute, but I thought to make it specific to San Francisco, the coffee should have been like five dollars because there's metropolitan cities all over the country, New York, Atlanta, whatever, that you you don't pay five dollars for a small regular coffee, but you do in San Francisco because you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people making over six figures a year in like a 13 square foot area right like 13 i'm sorry 13 miles san francisco was like 13 miles so like in this one concentrated area you have so many millionaires you know and and so many people who are not even millionaires but people who are living really well who don't mind paying six dollars for coffee and five dollars for avocado toast like every morning um so i thought that was a missed opportunity but you know
0: I'm hope- Well, for that, I'm thinking that we'll see in the future more scenes of them visiting that coffee shop. Seems to be like a staple in their morning routine. So maybe we'll get some, some development out of their spending habits <laughs> as yeah. the show progresses. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: maybe they'll make things a little bit more San Francisco. So that was cute. And then they, they go from there and then they go to the office. And they go into the office and Zoe immediately walks into this really attractive black man. And he's like, hey, and Zoe's like, howdy. And Max is like, did you just tell a new guy howdy? And she's like, um, I did. And can we please act like I didn't say that?
0: Thank you. Girl, he shaded the mess out of her relationship skills. I think it was at that moment where I was like, oh, they're definitely friends outside of work. Because ain't no way your coworker that you meet up on your morning stroll is going to get at you about your life like that. And you not be like, who do you think you're talking to?
1: Yeah, he had her dead on. She was like, because you know me and my relationship. She was like, oh, you mean like how you always pick losers who never work out and you have really low self-esteem? Is that what you're referring to? She was like, yeah basically and that was so cute i like the moments between Moe and moey
0: moey that's they're Moe now they're max well, and maybe they will be girl might be a moey moey yay <laughs> i like the... a couple is this is a prediction
1: <laughs> well okay so prediction time prediction time is that she should be with max but mm. he wants a forbidden fruit she got jungle fever she won't, oh boy. Also, he's taken, so that's another like, ooh. He has a like
0: back, though. So I don't lie.
1: I mean, oh, he he I mean, he's my type, but Max is cute in the like Max a goofy, cute. stable, I'ma be there for you, lap dog, I'll never leave type of way. Yeah. Yeah. He's perfect for her, but she's she's going to go toward she's going to go for the forbidden fruit. That's my prediction. Um But so we get introduced to this hot guy. Um, He's dressed differently. He has on a suit, um, which I found interesting because here's another authenticity nugget. We find out later in the episode that he is, um, she's an engineer. He's like probably- um, Marketing, right? Yeah, marketing. He does something that she considers to be like a big wig. Like he's he's different than her. Um, But again, another area where it's like inauthentic I've worked in several tech spaces. I had to keep bringing this up because it now I sound like the person's like, I work in tech. But <laughs> I'm saying it to prove a point. We've worked in different offices in different industries and nobody in tech, not even the CEO, wears a goddamn suit. I
0: don't, I've never maybe seen it. Maybe if he has a meeting or like visiting with some banks, maybe. Or uh, something but like, so yeah, yeah usually is suited and as long as i got my suit and tie. he is ready <laughs> look at the spaces that i've been in they have been coming they come through
1: with the japanese chinese businessmen like trying to get them to you know fund invest and they still have on t-shirts and jeans they might put on a collar shirt but ain't nobody wearing no suits. so i was like mm, what kind of office they work in where people in tech wear suits also Everybody in the office seemed to be inappropriately dressed for tech. Like even Zoe. Like She's everybody everybody too dressed. She's too dressed. The tech uniform is a t-shirt. T shirt, jeans. What really should have happened is somebody, especially engineers, somebody should have had pajamas on. Cause it's always people that show up to work with pajamas. <laughs> like oh. these are the these are the little things that Made me go like, "Mm, I feel like I know this is supposed to be San Francisco, but it doesn't feel San Francisco. But those are just small criticisms. Um, So we see her walking to work. We're introduced to the fact that like she works on a team of all males. She's the only woman engineer on her team. There's this one coworker who's always he's he appears to be trying to make it a thing about her being the only woman like he has these sly remarks to say about like how when she talks to her boss he thought that they were like
0: doing their hair and nails or drinking skinny margaritas or whatever oh he i think he's gonna be a character that gets on my nerves like wait yeah is it the indian dude or the white dude you are talking about it's the indian dude girl he he be doing too much he's like I don't want to call him culture appropriator, but, like, he, he's the guy that does everything that he thinks is cool yes. and looks like a fool. Like, he's that guy.
1: Other authenticity mistake. They are engineers. There's only one Indian guy in San Francisco, in the engineering department. Never seen it. Like, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, like, is this a casting fail? Like, could y'all not, were there not enough indian actors and actresses available like i'm not sure but the so the whole the whole ratio is off right like okay zoe being the only woman that fits very true to true to life but there only being one engineer that's an indian guy was like mm, where do you do that at definitely not in san francisco um we get we get to we get introduced to her her boss who is lorelei gilmore like I love her. Did you used to watch Parenthood? I watched Parenthood. I also watched Gilmore Girls. I love her. I wanna I'm gonna call her Lorelai just because that's what I always but like the minute we saw her, I was like, Hi hey, Lorelai girl, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, welcome back to the screen. Woo, woo. Where's Rory? Never mind. She looks good. She's she's gotten a little older, but she looks good. Yeah. So she looks good so far. They're not leaning on. She has she has amazing comedic chops. She's a great actress in general. So far, she hasn't had any dialogue that where she gets to showcase the fact that her comedic timing is on point and she makes these very witty remarks. That's what she's known for. Um, she didn't quite do that, um, but I get that they're trying to set the, the tone that she's the boss and so she's serious.
0: I think we'll get there. I think it'll, well, I do feel that later on in the episode, she had a couple of those moments, but like, you're right. Leading up to this interview, which was horrible. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was like, did you not prepare? Girl. And the funny thing is like, Max was cueing her up with, he was literally feeding her everything you need to answer these questions and drop the ball.
1: When her boss was like, So, um, what do you think qualifies you to become the lead or the manager of this team? Because you are not an effective leader, you're not a good communicator, are you able to lead? Girl. And which is which is basically what the whole job entails. So it was, it was almost like her boss was like, um, I'm interviewing you because I have to, because I made this mandate that everybody has to interview. But I'm telling you right now, these are the things that I'm looking for. And these are also the areas that you're weak in. Unless you can prove to me otherwise. And so she left the door open, like, prove me wrong. And Zoe was like, um, yeah, good good points. Cause I do none of that. Like I told a really hot guy, howdy, because I can't even look people in the eye. Like that, yeah, you're right. And then when she asked her, like, well, so what do you think? And she was like, oh, she tried to use one of the lines that Max gave her about, like, how she helped lead the team on this app development. And her boss was like, like, well, how much? How, in, how much did you contribute? And she was like, six? Six what? She, she said, six what? she said, yeah, she was like, that's it? She was like, 64? She was like, <laughs> 64 <laughs> percent you contribute 64 <laughs> percent I'm like girl what is your basis for this I just was like you were so you could have, when your boss called you to the office you could have been like listen like I probably would have did something I'm not supposed to I would have just
0: called out sick or something I wouldn't even showed up if you were not prepared
1: girl,
0: look her boss was not even taking her seriously didn't she like take a text or reschedule a whole ass appointment in the middle of their interview though, <laughs> oh, I was like, "Girl, this is not looking."
1: She was good like, for you. "What are you writing?" And she was like, "Oh, I'm emailing." Like, I feel like it was like a hair appointment or like Pilates. It was like Pilates or something. Girl, it was
0: something so basic that was completely irrelevant. Not even like this interview is going to take longer, so I'm pushing back the next one. It was like I'm not paying any attention to your ass.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, wow. So you, you've effectively been dismissed. Okay.
0: Like, but I, d- I will say to your point, like, just thinking about, we're talking about women, women in this space, her obviously not feeling like she was worthy of the person anyway, which is interesting because she says she wants it. I felt like for that to be a, an interview, like, that could have been worse than it was, her mm-hmm. boss really was like dropping some nuggets. Like, all right, but yeah. you know, you're not meeting the mark, but these are the things that matter. And I obviously I still have five or six other people to interview, but like, I really want you to think on this. And yeah. not every boss will, will slip you that. It'll be like, you answer these questions horribly. Somebody else got the position, bada bing, bada boom. Girl, you know, I have yeah. a note here that says we're not even five minutes into the show. And that's everything that happened in the first five minutes. <laughs> The pace is very, very quick. And yeah. um, I actually like that because
1: I, we have to remember, like, this is an episode like, show it's not a movie, so they don't have the time to build. So effective, effectively, this first episode needs to wrap up who Zoe is, why we should care, why we're invested. And then the rest of the season is supposed to be building off of like, you know, these are her challenges. How is she meeting her challenges? How is she evolving from this? So they're doing a great job. It's moving really, really quickly, but they do a good job at it because you don't even realize it. Um, yeah. You don't realize, and this is something that I've learned in studying. Um, also, we are, we are both screenwriters, FYI, um, but in studying screenwriting and studying scripts and realizing what annoys me about certain scripts and what I've found is that When it comes to film and TV, you want to show and not tell, right? You don't want to be, you don't want to get so bogged down in the details where your characters have all this dialogue because they're trying to tell you exactly what's going on and who they are, right? You don't want to espouse. Um, They do a good job of showing you because within the first five minutes, we've we've had four or five scenes, right? It opens up at her apartment. Then she's, in, then she's in the hallway of her apartment. Now she's at the coffee shop. Now yep. she's at work. Now she's in her boss's office, right? She, you've had five different scenes within a span of five minutes, which is helping to push the narrative. Like the, the scenes are telling you what's going on outside of, um, excuse me, outside of her telling you verbally. So um, that's great. It also makes me wonder how they did this in production. Like how were they able to, film and shoot all of this like the schedule had to be
0: crazy yeah and I actually think that you bringing that up is like perfect transition or segue into like how we're slipping into more about Zoe and why we should care about her so like we've been exposed to her work environment I remember thinking Mm -hmm. then like okay well like is this all the series is going to center around just her at work max and cute black guy but now we transition into zoe's home life um mm-hmm. and her her parents and we learned that she has a sibling um i was curious to know like time wise like are her parents living in san francisco too um we meet her brother who's obviously older than her and then we see her mom who seems to be so pleasant i can't remember her name i've seen her in quite a few things i like her too. and i like that her dad me- too Huh? Is that
1: very straight Both her parents are very well-known actors. I can't; their names yes. are on the tip of my tongue.
0: And then, yeah. so they're just like having dinner. I think they were having dinner and were introduced to her father, who is experiencing some type of illness or ailment, who is limited in his ability to.
1: Yes. Yes, I think later on in the episode we find out that he has a neuro- neurological disease. Um. That's progressed. So it's it's apparently degenerative. It didn't, it didn't begin like this. It's progressed to this point. Um, we also can kind of see that Zoe is consistent, right? She's she's um she's introverted, she's a she's scared, she holds back a lot. And we also see that play out in her role in her family. Her brother, who appears to be older, he may be older, he may not be, but he's definitely more assertive. He's definitely the leader right like he's like she comes off very mousy and like oh my god i don't i don't i want to say this but i don't know can i is it okay like but maybe if i tell my her brother's like yeah not gonna happen not doing you know he's he's very assertive we also see um her father like you said he is very limited he doesn't talk he doesn't move he basically looks like he's frozen
0: he looks very veg- vegetable, vegetative. Statish. He looks
1: he looks vegetative, and we can see that it, it appears that her mom is the primary caretaker, um, oh, yeah. because at this at this point there's there is no one. We see her um, feeding him soup, um, so he has he's unable to not only you know lift a spoon. He can't feed himself. He doesn't move, um, and so you can kind of see the 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 overwhelm that is in that space, right? That like mom's overwhelmed. She really loves her husband, but this is taking a lot of time and energy. She has two adult children who have their own lives. They seem to check in, seems like they're a family who kind of checks in very frequently. Yeah. So we're getting more of a fuller idea of maybe why Zoe is the way that she is. I know for me personally, these scenes the the scene with her the scenes with her family is what like really got me because my mom is constant, is currently suffering from either mild dementia or the early stages of Alzheimer's. We're not sure what it is yet, but I felt that like there's something going on. We don't know how to fix it. And she's not able to communicate to us in the way that she typically would in the same way with her father. Her father they weren't sure if her father was processing anything that's going around him or going on around him because he can't respond. So that kind of, we're seeing that like, oh, Zoe is multi- multi-dimensional, multi right? She maybe, maybe, maybe she listens to podcasts and, and is mousy at work because she's going through things at home and she's overwhelmed and she she doesn't feel like she can step up and step out and She's just generally unsure of like who she is and what's going on. Like, these are all questions that I had kind of like, oh, maybe this is more telling about who she is as a person. Yeah. And I remember I remember thinking, what's wrong with the with the dad? But then they explain later on in the episode that it was a neurological thing, which leads to the event that happens that causes Zoe to have this gift or curse, which is. Zoe starts having, she tells her mom that she's been having headaches and she's been having a pain behind her eyes. And be a migraine. <laughs> yeah. And her, well, her mom, her mama was like, listen, girl, that sounds like a regular stress headache. Like you, yeah. you're really, but Zo- you could see that Zoe is kind of like, I don't, I don't want to have the same thing that my dad has. And her mom's like, that's not how it started. It, It did not start with headaches. It started with like loss of motor control. And so the symptoms are not the same, but you should go get it checked out because I understand that's what's going to make you feel better. Like, you know, and so Zoe scheduled an MRI. She must have really, really good insurance at her job.
0: I call I So what kind of insurance this girl got? MRIs with Spotify, Apple Music, and Pandora. Where they do that at?
1: Listen, I feel like... And she must have been to
0: like one medical or something. Like, I don't know, because she got
1: in like the next day. I was like, wow, yeah. wow, this is, this is cool. This is um,
0: unrealistically cool.
1: <laughs> unrealistically cool. But again, they have already set the precedent that like scene, 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 move it along, move it along, move it along. Move, they're moving it along. And I'm like, okay. So she goes to, and mind you, all of this, I didn't realize all this happened before the title scene even happened like we don't even know that the show is called Zoe's incredible playlist like all this has happened before that even happened so she goes to the place to get an mri the tech asks her hey do you want to listen to some music because it usually helps people calm down because you can't move during an mri and she's again she's a podcast person so she's like "Uh, i'm neutral like play whatever you want to play and homie turns on the spotify MRI playlist, which is hilarious, that he already had a playlist queued up that was listed MRI. And um she's she's getting her MRI done, and all of a sudden, earthquake happens while she's in the MRI scene. in, In the MRI machine. And we know it's an earthquake because, well, we can assume it's an earthquake because things are falling off the walls, because people who don't experience earthquakes things think that's what earthquakes feel like everything falls off the wall everything shakes and you know pandemonium panic 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 lights go off and I was like "Mm, I get it you have to make this this very big dramatic thing but I'm like don't y'all have some kind of fail-safe system where like (laughs) if an earthquake happened don't the power cut off or something because like you shouldn't be in an MRI machine or any kind of imaging machine and like getting fried or like radio wave. Like, I, I don't, I'm going to be real. I don't know how any of that works, but I feel like those machines are supposed to cut off when shit like that happens.
0: Child, I was sitting up here like, okay, so they're working in, they're they're feeding me and selling me on San Francisco or Bay Area. The earthquake gave me the SF. Bay Area-esque I did think that it was a bit overdone. Like, didn't the MRI operator not even realize that that that's what was happening for real? He was so chill. She was in there like, um, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? And then the music that they were playing and you saw all these things happening with Rain in that moment. And the song that was playing was, said something about earthquake. So-
1: They were killing it up, like you were like, oh, okay, you're telling again, you're showing me, not telling me that there's an earthquake. Yeah, she was like, um, is this supposed to happen? Right. Like, and during that earthquake, all of a sudden we see, we hear like this shuffle of songs going on in the MRI machine, and then they, the camera pans to the, the monitor where her scan is being fed to, and you see all this brain activity going on in her brain. Um, that was confusing for me. Cause I was like, um, are all these songs being like downloaded into her mind?
0: Yeah, I this- had trouble with some of the reality of this, like being the event that got her to the point that we'll talk about in just a second. She can now hear, hear these thoughts. That gave me so many questions. I'm just like, was this like the big earthquake? Because this classic earthquake though. Like somebody's like, did you feel an earthquake? And you'd be like, nah, I didn't even know we had one, depending <laughs> on where you were. Because when she leaves, girl, ain't shit happening in the streets for as monstrous yeah. as they made this earthquake scene while she was in the MRI machine. And I'm just like, "Yes, okay, everybody living their everyday life. I guess it was 3.5 instead of a 7.0.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. And then it was, and then it was like, well, why was the effect so massive inside the, yeah, yeah, for her. So I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe that's something to drive this. This is the, the point of, you typically in a movie, you want to present the hero's challenge by the beginning of act two. So I guess this is, we're finding out that Zoe has multiple challenges, right? She has this challenge, right? Like, um, interviewing to become a manager at her job? Can she get over herself to to be promoted? Then we find out that she has this thing going on with her family. Like, can she overcome that challenge? And now she has another challenge, which is tied to all of those things because she goes to the MRI because she's concerned about having um, the same health issues as her father. So that links her with that challenge. And also, this is kind of all surrounding work as well because. Her mom seems to think that she's just stressed, most likely from work, right? So it's tying all these things together, but this is like the big bang, like, and I guess they literally wanted to make it a big bang, but I'm with you. I feel like something didn't add up. It was like, hmm, I, I don't really know what it was, but, um, and I, and I, I focus a lot on like details. So I was trying to figure out, like, like I said, like. Was just that playlist downloaded into her brain? Was like the whole of Spotify? Was it like the whole entire internet of music? Like, was it the whole catalog? Like, I don't, is that why the songs so far that we've encountered have been more like 60s, 70s pop popular songs? Was, were those things on that playlist? I don't know, maybe we'll find out later. So like you said, she, this is probably the, when she leaves the MRI um, appointment, This is probably the first time that we are aware that she's in San Francisco. If you're from here, then you know, like that area very much, that's North Beach. We can tell because everybody seems to be outdoors eating Italian food. North Beach is the Italian, historically Italian neighborhood in San Francisco. She gets a phone call from her mom or she calls her mom. And while she's speaking to her mom, she's standing next to a woman who starts singing this really sad song. I was not enthused, right? Like I, I, I understood the point of the music was to show that, like, she Something could hear changed. these, yeah, thoughts. yeah, she could hear these people's thoughts, right? And so the song was very sad because this woman was sad.
0: Um, well, I, this is kind of where I started to, I don't know, push the envelope in terms of questioning, like. What I believe just the reality of something like this and one of the things that was interesting to me although like I can also kind of do you remember the movie what women want with Mel Gibson and what was he doing like painting his toenails or something for his daughter in the blow dryer and he slipped and fell and all of a sudden he could hear what all women heard like even that I felt like the response to that was just like so freaky Friday I just felt like it would be more realistic for her to hear people that were close to her, maybe coworkers and family be able to hear these songs. But like, you're walking down the street, you hear this random stranger, like, what are you going to do? Other than to say like, this is. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that. I was like, "Mm, I don't know where they're going with with this. And she asked her, you know, she asked the woman like, um, are you singing to me? And the lady was like, uh, no. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. So that was like, you know, that was kind of the interesting thing. And then, of course, we see her walking down North Beach. And then the next thing, this was probably the first song that I liked, maybe because it's more contemporary. But we see an attractive guy walk down the street and a whole gang of women start singing What a Man. And I was like, oh, that's cute. Because... It's usually the opposite, right? Media usually shows you that men are catcalling women and we actually see women being like, "Damn. Woo!
0: That you man fine.
1: When a, a my good man. Yes, he is." And then they stopped. Now, that one of my best friends told me in high school she hated musicals, and when I asked her why, she was like, because it doesn't make sense to me that one moment somebody's talking, and then they just break out in song, and I used to think that was so funny, because I'm like, but that's what musicals are, but in the context of this, I will have to admit, it's weird, it's
0: weird as fuck. Throwing me off, I'm just like, y'all have these whole flash mobs, the, like, because there's more we got more this we still episode one like we got to talk about when she make it back to the office um and i'm just thinking to myself like nobody else sees this like this is for a musical it makes sense like i get yes this 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 song that's coming up everybody's involved yes but i'm like yeah y'all just all these people (laughs) sitting around those no, how does this work? And then how is it that you're literally having a conversation? Because this happens with Max later too. And then I think I would much rather the song play like true playlist, like it's cute and it's played as part of the subtext or context of the scene, more so yeah. than them actually sing. I'm like, do they have to sing every time? Like, why can't the DJ just cute music? Yeah, it's understand what's happening?
1: It's weird because there's a, there's a, there's no definitive start, right? It's like people. So this scene, when we see the women, so now we know this is clearly North Beach. You see the the parking signs, you see the Muni signs, you see the hills. She, now we're like, okay, this is San Francisco because of course she runs into a cable car because everybody in San Francisco uses cable cars. Newsflash. No. Most people in San Francisco do not ride cable cars. Um, I'm from Oakland. I've been on a cable car exactly three times. There's there's really not too many and reasons I'm why. I'm
0: a and I ain't been on one since I've been here.
1: Yeah, there's really not a reason why you would do that. But I get it. It's like, they're like, hey, this is San Francisco. She's walking down. The, the women sing this, and they're like, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Boom, stop, and they go on their way. And I'm like, that's weird. And then she walks further down the street, and there's this whole flash mob going on. So then she runs on the cable car like, oh, this is so weird. She gets on the cable car and she sits next to a woman holding a baby. The woman starts singing. So then she looks at the man and the man joins in. She's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Hops off. And now this flash mob is following her. And now we (laughs) see... It was so overdone. It was overdone. And now we see see the Transamerica Pyramid. So now we're clear. This is San Francisco. We... They take the flash mob to Lombard Street. I'm surprised they didn't go up that crooked-ass street. Like, I was just kind of like,
0: what the... They were doing everything else that was so San Francisco
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was so weird. And I'm just also like, I get it that this is is fake, but like, so everybody just knew the choreography. Everybody just fell in line. Um, Everybody just knew the song. Like, this is... Something's not adding up. So then she makes it back to her apartment and... I forgot what happened. Did she run into Mo or did she knock on Mo's door?
0: She went to go, she sought Mo out specifically. Um, she's like, OMG, like all I hear is <laughs> people singing. And Mo was like, what? <laughs> Listen, I love everything. First of all, Mo is giving it to me. Okay. The ensembles, the outfit changes, like everything is giving me life about Mo. The way Mo, Mo opens can, the door, Mo can DJ. Mo can do it all, and Mo is like, "Look, girl, I, we can talk about your issues, but I'm about to make '70s night, my bitch. And you need to you need to take a number because we will get to you later." And I'm like, Ooh. "Yeah." Mo is like, "So, um, I'm not
1: gonna say you crazy." because there's tons of other things that could be on, going on. She was actually the first person to suggest like, um yeah, you possibly could be hearing people's inner thoughts like that could be that or you could just be crazy or you could be really high. Like in either way
0: sis, I'm there for you like um but after this, I got something to do.
1: Yeah, and then something that sh- something that uh, Mo said was super funny to me. Mo was like, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the most interesting thing about you that's no,
0: no she said this is the first thing i find remotely interesting yes. about you remotely and I, <laughs> and I said me
1: too right me too. me too but i thought that was hilarious and mo was also like fyi any advice that i'm giving you right now like just be aware i'm high like um, <laughs> so
0: i could say anything <laughs> I love everything about that scene, yo. It wasn't me.
1: Yes. I thought I was like good job writers because that so that made me think that they were intentionally making her writing her as boring because Mo made a point to point it out. And so I was like, oh, okay, you guys, you guys intentionally made her really boring because you want to show some kind of growth. The other thing that was really that really stuck out as a sore thumb to me, I was like, if anybody knows anything about San Francisco rents. I'm trying to figure out how these two single individuals live in huge apartments by themselves with no roommates.
0: Like, yeah, I was, I, because I couldn't figure out where they lived originally. I'm like, what does she, now clearly Mo is a jack of all trades. I'm up here looking at you got a day job, a side job. you Maybe you can pull this off because you got seven different streams of income. But I was like, does she really live by herself? And this like, like that she could get to her parents apparently so quick. Like I was just like, I'm curious to know why the story isn't from the vantage point of someone that may still be living with their parents. Um Oh, yeah. But maybe maybe we'll get a little more of that as time
1: progresses. Yeah. I just was like, I don't know anyone in San Francisco who lives on their own. They either live with family or they have roommates. And that's not because people don't make a shitload of money. That's just because, you know, a one bedroom in San Francisco can run you $3,500 a month, right? Like, um, it's just really, really expensive. So that just seemed kind of like, Hmm, that seems kind of odd to me. But so what happened after that? Does she go back to work? Or is that when she goes to um, Mo's
0: party? She goes to, go to the party, now. but then she's back at work. Because okay, I she have goes to- that there, we are now encountering the cereal bar conversation. Oh, yes, and yes. So well, first of all, can we talk about first her
1: co <laughs> Can we talk about how her co-workers are like, you went out? Like, <laughs> apparently they've invited sis out on several occasions and she's not known to go hang out and party. That was cute to me because they were like, wait, you went out? Um, Yes, and so then okay, so we. But this is something happens. She hears what is the fine black eyes character's name?
0: I don't remember Simon. Simon. Oh, we don't don't get his name until a lot later. Like when in that first five minutes where he comes in and she does the howdy, we don't know who he is. We just know that he's cute guy that has her attention. His name comes later. His name is Simon.
1: But didn't. Didn't she hear Simon's song prior to, which is why she tried to approach him at the cereal bar.
0: Yes. So she was at the office late that night or something like about to shut down. And she oh, heard yes, him thinking because that the boss song, told him looking at a picture.
1: Yes. That's something because the boss, the boss told them, Hey, there's a huge bug and no one's going home until you can figure it out.
0: Girl. <laughs> She shut their whole life down. She, yeah. It, Mac,
1: poor Max. Max was like, "Um, isn't that a low blood pressure? She was like, yeah, if you're dead, it's low, <laughs> stupid. How you working on an app about health st- stats and you don't know that 20, 20 over 40 is
0: is dead? Man, that was so funny to me. I was like, half Max, young yeah. white boy.
1: So, so Zoe hears simon's inner thoughts via song and it's just, first of all simon can blow come on sir we know he come can on. too come on simon and he's sitting there singing this really sad song um and at the end he looks at her which gets me because i'm like he looking at you he nobody else sees he doesn't know that he's singing this song to you what the hell so Zoe gets the gist. She's like, Oh, bruh, it's like I thought he was real fine and happy and had it all together because he's a suit and tie, but like he's going through something. And she mentions that too. Um, but I think what happened was I don't think she told Mo about it, but I think her conversation with Mo earlier about like maybe you're hearing people's thoughts is because you're supposed to help them, you know, yeah. like maybe yeah. this is what you're supposed to help. Like
0: you're the white savior, Zoe. Listen, I'm like, I had I have pause on that one because I'm just like, mm-hmm. like it just bothered me that you, well, no, I, I think we will continue to see she imposes herself in situations and <sighs> she can hear these people's thoughts, even though they may not be asking for her help. And then I'm yeah. pro-Black, Blackity self. I'm just like, oh, okay, so your first try at this had to be the Black guy. It was... There was so much about that that was annoying me.
1: Yeah, that annoyed
0: <laughs> me too. I just was like, mm. so she pops up. So in typical
1: SF tech fashion, her job has a cereal bar because that's what happens in tech. Um, there's 50, 11 types of cereal and she walks up in Simon's at the cereal bar. So she walks up and she tries to insert her- herself and she's like, oh, what kind of cereal are you looking at? Like, you know, wow are you sad? Like, I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that you might be sad. And he's like, you know, like, wow, like, you know me so well. Like, how do you know me so well? And he he instantly, I don't know, like, again, like you said, this could be past, I don't know. This is just me being blacky Black Black and having an issue with how these things play out. But it's almost like he was waiting for Miss white woman to walk over and say, Hey, I'm here for you. And he like jumped on it. He was like, well, let's go for a walk. And I was like, who just offering, like, if somebody walked up to me and was like, Hey, um, I think I'm gonna get granola. Oh, that's what happened. She started talking about the granola and she said her dad used to like it. He made a joke about, well, does your dad like no longer like it cause he ran away and like has a new family or something, whatever. And she was like, no, cause he's dying. Um, which I thought was cute because that's some shit that I would do. I'd be like, no, you know, she just like slowly dying away every day, but it's cool. Like no big deal. Um, At which point he felt some camaraderie. We are not sure why, but he was like, wow, I'm so sorry. Like, let's go for a walk. And now they are walking along the Embarcadero, which we, y'all, we have been shelter in place for almost like, I don't know, 50 something days now. And my job is... (laughs) <laughs> yeah my job directly across the street from where they shot this scene and um this was probably the first time i'm a dear god please don't make me um hate that i said this but this is probably the first time that i actually missed my job like missed going to the office because i was That's like so oh funny. i was like i go for walks along the, i go to the ferry building at lunch sometimes too and i was like yes for this bay bridge ferry building shot and finally the bay bridge that was also something that i wanted to bring up because before they showed the golden gate bridge and i'm like anytime people show san francisco they always show the golden gate bridge and i was like yeah people do go across the golden gate bridge but most people who work in the city are coming across the bay bridge because they live in east bay so we saw the bay bridge we saw the like cupid's bow thing i don't know what that sculptures for um we find out that they went and got cheese quakes Because San Francisco was
0: so corny. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so corny. And he confides in Zoe. He tells Zoe that his father died via suicide several months ago. And that's why he's really sad. And he tells Zoe that although it's difficult to see her father in the condition that he's in, it's much better to have a father than to not have one, essentially, because his is gone. Um, I had a problem with that.
0: Um, Um, Let's talk about this because I I have some thoughts around this moment, how they got there anyway, because I felt like she did such a white girl overshare or over-explaining they were there and him, Mr. Over-accommodating Black guys, saying, well, well, let's let's go for a talk because now he's made it uncomfortable joking around about your dad running off with the family and you just said that he's dying and uh, they're on this walk and that, I'm thinking to myself, self, like, are y'all really connected on this deep ass level? The first time you ever had a real ass conversation other than how and Heidi, how yeah. about a, a black man dying by suicide. And I, I take so many issues with this too. Cause I'm like, since y'all dropped this shit in here, you better do something about it in the rest of this season. I know this is Zoe's show, but you do not bring up suicidal ideation among the black community and just leave it there. So thank you. I was like, oh, they get it. Be better about this. Yeah,
1: I I had the very same things. And I was like, hmm, wow. Like the one black character, the one black male character, he had a daddy in his life y'all try to act like we we don't have black fathers he had a black father his black father just so happened to have died via suicide recently like and he's confiding this in who zoe somebody he don't know from a can of paint why because she a white woman and she trusting like what i don't bruh you wear a suit and tie every day you work in tech you don't go see a
0: therapist like i don't understand what's you don't use the same thing. Like, so you just presented this polished black man and his best option is to bond over cereal with this chick. Trauma he- bonding. Clearly y'all got good insurance because she could get MRIs with a Apple music playlist, but he can't be practicing self-care and talking to a professional. So y'all tra- trauma bonding over cheesecake. And Wait, y'all ain't never had quaint. a conversation.
1: It she's quakes. Yeah, like, what? I, that was like, you ain't never heard, you ain't never listened to an episode of The Read. They ain't never, you ain't never got the 10% off code for TalkSpace talk or something.
0: Space. Girl. Girl. Especially so. since she's so in the uh, podcast. I know you didn't hear that ad before. Thank you. Couldn't you have recommended something to him? But no. Nope. She wanted to be Miss Blindside. She had to be the white savior. <laughs> <laughs> she, I heard yeah. she- in your cry, let me help you. Because, I see because you. I'm dealing with the parental death, and I, I can get you there. I was like, yes,
1: oh. yeah. And I had a problem with his advice. I I get where he was coming from. He was coming from the thing of like, I wish I would have probably treasured, valued my dad more while he was here. Um, and, and it also appeared like he he was carrying on carrying a lot of guilt. So he probably feels like, hey, maybe there was something that I could have done if I maybe would have spent some more time with my dad, if I wasn't so career driven or whatever. And so he was trying to, you know, to illustrate to her, like, spend the time with your father while you can, although he may not be the father you remember, he's still your father. But I hate that advice because that is advice that people give you, um, that they, that they think sounds good. And it doesn't, because here's the thing, just because a parent is alive, um, doesn't mean that it it doesn't hurt to see them in the state that they're in. So that doesn't mean that you ignore or you abandon someone that you love. But you can't tell me that your father no longer being like my father physically being here, but not being here otherwise, and your father not physically being here.
0: I'm but in a better boat.
1: Right. You can't tell me that, like, I I, I, I still have my dad. I don't. My father can't actually speak to me. I'm not sure if he even knows who I am. I'm not sure if he knows who he is. I'm not sure if he remembers anything. And I and that hit home for me because I get that a lot about my mom. People are always like, well, you know, your mom is still your mom. And I'm like, but she's not though. Like my mom is my biological mother and my mother raised me. And I have all these memories, good, bad, and indifferent about my mom. But sometimes my mom does not know who I am. And so for you to be like, but your mom is your mom. She doesn't, somewhere in there, yes. But she doesn't know who she is sometimes. So trying to force me to still relate to her as a mother, because she's shifting and evolving, I have to shift and evolve with her. So I don't, so that, that, that role of mother, like it has to change because she, her identity is shifting. She's, you know, things change. So I just was like, uh I hate that old white bread ass like love the one you with type shit like you know like I know, Not your, that, I know your daddy shit and you know he wasn't around But, it's but he daddy. Still was yeah.
0: <laughs> what But I think that even you pulling that out is speaking wholly on what we're saying about this scene in general like there was so much of it that they tried to deliver as authenticity, but they missed the mark. Like yes. it was very cookie cutter. It was it was whitewashed, if you will. You know what I mean? Just like, all right, this is the very base level. I'm going to try to normalize this or give us the equal common denominator that, that really won't exist just because of what yeah. you pointed out. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, I mean, you could read that a couple of different things in terms of maybe the writing or, I don't even know if there was a way that it could have been delivered differently on screen. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how it stood out like a sore thumb. It was like, I was like, ah, I'm like, they're, they're really going for authenticity here. And I'm like, I just didn't get it from that. For what I believe they wanted to do, actor, actress, writing, whatever. It just, it did not come through the screen for me. I was not a yeah. fan of that. Um, but they did give me some, something to dangle on in terms of character development for Simon, because I'm like, are we ever going to see a point where he shares this with someone, you know, closer to him than her? Are we going to see a point where maybe he is participating in some type of therapy or doing something to figure it out? Or will we learn more about him and his father or whatever? Um, so I'm like... If they're pushing towards a C two, depending on what happens with them, and I'm not completely sure because obviously I've tried to stay away from things publicly about it. So we could do these things. Like it'll be interesting to see. So I'm I'm definitely invested in him as a character, but I think it's biased because he's black. Then I've I've had strange issues with my father, and my father didn't die uh, by suicide, but to me he still died prematurely. So I could kind of relate to him in that regard, where I'm just like, man yeah um, so. yeah that like that
1: grief like what it feels like to yeah. to um unexpectedly lose a parent right there yeah that that was a strange thing then the following scenes were strange because it, she was being very um verbal with her i believe she was talking to her parents to her mom like she's like in love with Simon and I'm like sis y'all just trauma bound y'all trauma bonded and not only did you trauma bond but you trauma bonded because you like bulldozed your way into his psyche because you don't have any control over hearing people's inner thoughts but you do have control over acting with the knowledge of those thoughts so you didn't go and start a random You know, like you didn't go and start a random conversation with the dude because you, you know, hey, I just want to get to know you. You went and intentionally started a specific conversation with him because you had already been privy to his innermost thoughts. Like Mm -hmm. one, those are probably not the best beginnings of a relationship. And two, you don't know him and he don't know you. So how are you so quick to fall in love? So this might be Max's point. Like maybe that's why your (laughs) shit don't work.
0: (laughs) You have one conversation with somebody and you love and you in love. Um, in love. girl. That was yeah. that was like I'm um, kind of with you on that one. And I was like, Okay, like y'all, y'all not y'all didn't exchange numbers, you ain't text
1: nothing. Y'all just you were like, I had this wrong. I shared a cheesequake with this man. We trauma bonded. Oh my gosh, this is my person. I am in love with him um then I believe the next thing that happened is she did take she did take no she didn't she went to go see her parents again this is when she tells her mom like hey like think I might like somebody I might be in love with this guy or whatever and you can see that her mom's kind of mulling over like what does love mean in in her context because her mom very much cares for her father and loves him but she's looking at him like this is this is not the man I married this is becoming a burden right like they're counting out all the pills that he has Girl. to take, and her mom is the person who makes sure he takes he, he gets all these things and um she jokingly tells zoe like you know i also i took a few i ain't gonna lie i took a few now i don't know if that was like i took a. she said she took a few pills to to understand how he might feel mm-hmm. um I don't know if that's the precursor to maybe there's something else underlying like maybe she's not dealing so well with the caretaking role and she's also medicating not
0: sure I, I i hadn't even traveled down that path but i i did think to your point that there was something about this this confession and her bearing it all with zoe that that seemed authentic like yeah that came across as a true bonding moment and kind of her like taking some of these things off and letting her know. And I mean, we've got to be able to read into that as well and understand that for someone who had a husband who could talk, walk, who could be very much independent, who now literally can do absolutely nothing for himself. And he can't even tell you if what you're doing is right or wrong. um, Is a, is one of those shifts that requires you to really kind of slow down and develop a transition plan because there's an adjustment that has to take place that will be successful. So um, I wouldn't be, I don't know, the way this show is written so far, I don't think that's the path that they're going to travel in regards to her um, self-medicating. But I do hope that they take the time to address how her role as a wife and mother has changed as a result of her husband's illness.
1: Yes, that, and and she was being very transparent. She was like, you know, this should have happened to me instead of your dad because your dad was the person who always had the contingency plans, who could jump into action if anything happened. Like, so we, we got to see that maybe some of her, maybe some of Zoe's trepidation and general timidus might come from her mom because her mom appears to be like, this is new for me, like your dad took care of everything. And I just kind of went with it. Your dad was the person who wanted to be outdoors and who wanted to do all these activities. And I just kind of ran with him. And now he leans on me. And this is not my typical role. I'm typically the person who follows and now I have to lead. Right. And so I think maybe that's why her and Zoe have were able to have that very um, honest conversation because it's it's like they're very similar in that capacity. Um, And so that was, those were some really good moments. And you could see there was a lot of her mom looking at her husband and kind of just being like, he's not the same. And Zoe looking at her father and kind of like grieving the loss of her father and them all being like, we're not sure if he's hearing any of this, if he's processing any of this. And shortly thereafter, um, Zoe goes to talk to her dad and she's just like, dad like I really like this guy and I would typically come to you and ask your advice but like but I mean, she doesn't say i would come to you she was like I would typically go to this one person who would always be there for me to give their advice and they're no longer here right and of course her dad burst into song this was probably the only musical number I did not have a problem with it with like It was really appropriate. Like if there's ever a time to be able to hear someone's thoughts via song, it's it's this. Um yeah, I I I cried. I just was like putting myself in that position. I was like, what if my mom my mom's still verbal and everything, but my mom doesn't always know who I am. And I was like, what if like my mom just busted out telling me how she was feeling? Like, I don't remember what song
0: it was. Um that he sang? Yeah. It was, was it here um true colors. The I see oh, your true colors. Time. Yeah. colors
1: shine. And he could sing as well. And I was he like, can. okay for the casting. For casting people who could sing. This is this is nice. Um when they hugged, when she hugged her daddy, like girl, I was a puddle of tears. I
0: was like, my father passed. I was like, if I could hug
1: my daddy, oh Jesus.
0: Yeah. What you're saying is what I feel like this gift or curse as you may feel it is I feel like it's perfect for this. If I yes. in my heart I'm just like if the show was just centered around wh- how her and her dad were still able to communicate with this through this time with music, I would I think I would love everything about the concept of it. Um yes. because we know what his limitations are and it probably would not feel as though Or come off as though it's imposing or implanting yourself in situations, conversations, people's lives. Because this is kind of, this is what you do. This is how you kind of get through that. This is how you then use that to communicate with your family, your brother, your mother. This is a a
1: necessary mechanism. Like for everything else, it feels like, um... I don't need to like these people can speak. Like and not to, not just because people have the ability to speak that they're always going to be open and honest with you. But like even the thing with Simon is like, well maybe if y'all would have built a relationship genuinely, he would have communicated that to you anyways. So yeah. it wasn't even right you know? yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> yeah. Like, we got a like you got all these people, you hear all these people's thoughts and you building relationships and shit under false pretenses. This is weird
0: but and i think i i'm just gonna be honest i think that's gonna be something that annoys me this whole season like i just think like because i don't think because especially because it's her i don't think that she's gonna get away from that but i'm just like so yeah yeah i'm with you that was like "Mm."
1: and the part that broke my heart was like he was singing and then he sat back down and he
0: froze and that just was like Bravo. Like I wanted to get up and clap. I was like, Bravo. But don't that piss you off? Because you like, this is why I don't want these flash mobs for his situation, right? You like, why are you doing this to me? First of all, he can yeah. sing for real. He getting up and moving, but any other time I interact with him as a character on screen, he is a vegetable. Like Yeah, ah! <laughs>
1: yeah that
0: that that definitely I was like, he this is, this see, is, we need to give him props because he be acting his ass off with no words. Okay. That, that oh. is true. Have you seen that movie, A Quiet Place? I said, this is the best two hours of acting I'd have ever seen. Y'all didn't say, you hollered twice and breathed. Now, and you I know, was, I don't watch scary movies. You. So I ain't Girl. seen no goddamn
1: quiet place. I ain't gonna <laughs> never see A Quiet Place, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> Cause I'm scary. And, <laughs> and i ain't seen no if you're listening to this i love you i'm not gonna watch candy man i can't do scary shit i saw the trailer and couldn't sleep so we good you like got whatever it's their heart listen i can't i can't do it so so this interaction between zoe and her dad happened she realizes so she announces to her family like he he is processing everything they were saying he's still here he just can't communicate he is here can't tell you how i know but I know if I told you how I know you'd, um, book me into, you, you put me into a missile institution. So I just know. And pans to this photo and we find out that apparently they, they used to love to sell. And so this is the first time we see Zoe assert herself because she's like, listen, I know. And her brother's like, her brother's being an ass. And he's like, Oh, Because he had said something earlier about, she was like, can I open a window? He was like, so dad can get a cold? And she was like, can I open a window? He was like, so dad can get pneumonia?
0: (laughs) Girl, he was coming for her neck. And so, and he's also a
1: very good um, actor who's been in a lot of stuff too. I can't remember his name. Um, But so then she's like, yeah, he can hear everything. I'm going to, I, I want to take dad sailing. And her brother is like, her mom is like, no, baby, do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. And her brother is like, Mm-mm, no, bad idea. And Joey like, is good. like, first of all, nobody asked you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call a rental place. Just make sure y'all clear y'all Sunday and have a pack of jacket and have pops ready. You yep. dig? Got it. So the next thing we see is they appear to be in Sausalito. Or like oh, yeah. Tiburon or something.
0: Like okay for this sunset. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> really? I was like, wait, do they have Dun a sunset? I done did a date on one of them before. Oh, okay. I well,
1: okay. Listen, it better had. Have, <laughs> I haven't done a date, but I have done several trips from from the San Francisco to Sausalito on.
0: Not on. A, no, I've never been on a sailboat. That way. What? Girl, I need to hit you up on my sailboat head. before, but not on like not as a grown up. Oh, that's some real sexy shit. We should shit. do that. We should also well. We don't have to do the sexy part if we don't. If not, <laughs> but <laughs> also <laughs> should- if, if anyone who's
1: listening is interested, I've never been on a sailboat date. So I mean, I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying make it happen, Captain. You did just saying. <laughs>
0: Yes.
1: She so they, that. they go and um, they get them on the sailboat and the wind's rushing through everyone's hair. And You better her, tell this, story. Oh. The it's, it's just I The wind's wind. rushing. Because you know wind, how it go through um, Caucasian people's hair. <laughs> it does. It would do mine differently. Mine would just be standing up in the air, but it's just like blowing through their hair. They got their little jackets on. They look like they're in like Nantucket or something, but they're not. And I know it's cold because it's the bay. So they did a really good job of acting because it, it was probably cold. Okay. And, and, and mom seems to be relaxing a little bit. Her shoulders are dropping a little bit. Brother even seems to be having fun because somebody has allowed him to be at the helm.
0: And um, Girl, he was living it up.
1: He was living it up. They're like, oh, they're kind of looking like, oh, this was a good idea. And Zoe's feeling at ease and everyone looks at her
0: father. And he grabs her mother's hand. Now, this is where I just melted. I lost it. I was like, I lost oh it.
1: my gosh. I lost it. He's staring straight ahead. He's still very much in his vegetative state, but he grabs her hand. And you can tell that this is something that has not happened in forever because mom almost crumbles. Girl, her heart is exploding. <laughs> yes, she did that audible yes yes and you can tell like she's got confirmation like he's still here yeah he no knows, he knows who we are and zoe did this really amazing thing she's she advocated for her dad and even before they got on the boat she was like her mom was like don't you think that this is too much and she was like we need to be doing more of this not less like he still is alive he needs to enjoy life, you know, we, we have to make this happen. Um, which is almost gonna make me cry because it makes me feel like I need to do more with my mom. Like I feel a lot because my mom doesn't her memory is funky. Sometimes I'm like, well what's the point of taking her to the movies or taking her to the this? She doesn't remember it. You know, but it's like she still should experience life and enjoy life. She's just gonna experience it and enjoy it differently. Um, so I get that. I get the mother's um trepidation because as a caretaker it's like it's not the same and it's also hard for the caretaker because it's a burden like it was a burden to to get him up get him dressed feed him get him his medicine put his clothes on put him in the wheelchair and she's like is all of this worth it if he doesn't if he doesn't even know what's going on and so that hand squeeze was like yes it was
0: so beautiful yeah i don't think I can't say that any better than you did like that scene was so well done and that's where I was just like dang for all the critiques I have like I think I would follow it just to see his progression um whether he like no longer have this situation or he really figured something out in terms of living with it.
1: yeah that,
0: that they really did a a good job driving home some character development to get us invested in her from that perspective as yes. well. And it was shot so well because oh there We're are these gonna... like
1: up close moments, right? And then, the, and then the camera pans to everyone's individual response to the hand grab. And then all of a sudden the camera is panning out. Yeah, you see they're on this. Li- the sailboat is huge, but as the camera pans out, they're this little boat in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, this battle, yes, this vastness, and I don't know if it was intentional or not. I'm assuming it was because you know that's what cinematographers, cinematographers, and directors do. Um, but it felt like they were making they were making a claim or they were stating the message of like, oftentimes there's all these challenges going on in your world, but you are still just a small drop in this vastness. Um, because there's this whole family dynamic and all this stuff going on on this boat and you pan out and this boat is this teeny tiny boat in this huge Pacific Ocean. And it's almost like, is it really that serious? Is
0: it really that big? I had the same reaction. Like I did too. I'm just like, wow, this boat looks so small on this big, vast area, this mass, this volume of water. And it's like, Keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing in that moment was honoring the time that they do have with him in a way that's that's meaningful. And I know for them it was was a trial and error thing; they didn't know. But um, I think this was also a good arrow to have in the quiver for Zoe, so that she could begin to embrace Mm -hmm. her her newfound way of communication and understanding of individual. knowing that it does serve purpose and purpose that that is that is good. I mean you yeah. would expect that from family and that's not to say that something might not happen later that falls apart but like I think it was a good one for her to kind of lean into it and embrace it. Yeah. That was
1: definitely good and I think this segues into I don't recall what happened next. I think she goes into the office, right? This this yeah. happens on the Sunday. A lot happens
0: in this on the on the way that they close this out here.
1: Yeah. So she goes to work the next day, she's beaming. She walks in, she's even dressed differently. She was, before she's kind of dressed mousy, like that's the only way I can describe it. She has on like a cardigan and shit. And I'm like, girl, what years? It's like, what woman's walk around with a cardigan on? Like, you know, it is always cold in the city, but cardigans, no. Like people in San Francisco, white people in San Francisco wear Patagonias, mm-hmm. um, you know, North Face, stuff like that. So some Tory Burch something. So you're, you're way off, but okay. And (laughs) this is well, and so she, but she walks in and she's like dressed differently and her shoulders are, her head's high, her shoulders back. She's like, Hey y'all. And they're like, how was your weekend? She was like, actually, it was amazing. So great. All this kind of stuff. And I don't remember what happens next. I don't. I feel like has the stroke of genius. Right. And she's like, I figured out what
0: happened with the app. Because, you know,
1: that, that's that not happens. Me. Why? Because she's talking. Is she, is she talking to
0: Simon? She was. Well, talking to, the, I, oh, she actually does have a conversation with Simon again, because he calls her Zostradamus or something. Um, I think they yes. meet at the cereal bar ag- again. Yes.
1: <laughs> yep. And He's like, "Yo, the my. Oh, she's having a conversation with Max. And she's like, what would you do if you could like hypothetically Reads people's minds and he's like mm, what and then uh Simon walks up he's like Zostradamus like my favorite mind reader and Max is like wait a minute you've been talking to them <laughs> like he
0: felt so left out <laughs>
1: he was like y'all y'all cool like what happened and so yes. he's like hey I was wondering if we could have another like we can go out again or I can run something by you or yada 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 um and this is where it gets, I get lost in like what happens next. Because I also remember that, um, oh, because she, her mom, remember when she was in the MRI, her mom was like, you should just take the rest of the day off. Like you saying, you hearing things, like whatever. So uh, uh, apparently she took the rest of the day off. So her boss was like, yeah, so you're in the running for this position, but you and took- just
0: disappeared.
1: Yeah. Like, um, so they're having this like, conversation and her boss is like I didn't ask for explanation of like why I'm just letting you know you might not want to do that because I'm as an ally I'm letting you know like sis I got you but you got to work with me like I'm trying to make sure you get this job but you can't shoot yourself in the foot yep um at which point her the the annoying white guy that's her co-worker was like and and the other Indian guy was like what was that about was y'all having some like
0: special girl moment or like yep. whatever. Um, and then yeah. he breaks out into his song. This is when. Oh my gosh. So I I, is that's the only song that I remember because I was like, why did they? My question here is who made these <laughs> arrangements? Like, this is why I'm telling you, they should just let the song play. Like I would take DJ Callen's voice on a remix or whatever for that over them trying to rearrange these songs for people's like you don't have to sing it every time and these arrangements are trash like it's a playlist it's not acapella concert it comes off as bad karaoke that's how i
1: i I literally wrote down bad karaoke (laughs) i was like
0: oh and he had a whole dance all i do is win 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 no matter what That was like, I was like, y'all could have found a more appropriate song
1: about winning or something about like, I'm out for self. Like,
0: I'm acting like
1: I'm like backstabber or any, anything. But the DJ Khaled, like the one contemporary song, hey, y'all choose that. Y'all choose the numero uno cultural appropriator. You choose DJ Khaled's ass. Then have a white boy sing it. Sing it. And not do it well. Like everybody else's songs was like, I don't like the song choice, but okay, come on vocals. But this one, I was like, no, no. And it seemed like it went on forever. The choreo, and it was like the corniest choreo, like it's the kind of choreo that I hate. Like I hate choreo that has anything to do with like office supplies. Like (laughs) like rolling around in our aviator chairs. (laughs) Rolling chairs,
0: like ergonomic rolling chairs and hopping over standing desks like that. But let's talk about that because you proved a good point. Like this is another thing that I think frustrates me, or I noticed in this first episode. Every song doesn't necessarily get what it's due, right? I completely agree. This song and the song that comes up with Max that we're gonna talk about in a little bit went way too long. But what a man was like. What a man. What a man. What a, man, what a good man. And it was cool. done. And I'm like, so we either need to give all songs the same reverence and weight, but like, I need to know, am I going to be sitting through four and a half minutes or 30 seconds? Like, it's just, it's just, I'm just like, come on. Why is he still talking?
1: Plus there seems to be some inconsistency on, because the whole gist is like, you're hearing people's inner thoughts via song. But sometimes it's very direct and sometimes it's indirect. Like the, all I do is win. Like I can assume that what he's saying is, what he's literally saying is all I do is win. But what does that have to do with his thoughts? His thought is most likely like, oh, you, you, you ain't good with the boss because y'all both women, but I'm still going to take this job and I'm acting like I'm your friend. But I'm really not. I'm a backstab you, right? Those are his thoughts. That thought doesn't translate to all I do is win. He's not thinking all I do is win. He's thinking I'm going to win. So the song should have been more something about how I'm gonna win no matter what. And you know, like I think like backstabber would have been a good song, even though it's maybe it doesn't fall in line because it's not popular. But it's like they smile in your face all the time. They want to take your place.
0: That. Yeah. That, 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 uh, I think we're going to have several conversations about this too. Like, in terms of we have been musical directors for this particular episode, the different songs that we would use. I'm going to try not to keep them all black because, you know, I'm cultured. I sang in the chorus when I was in yeah. high school. I can read music yeah. and everything. But, um, and you're also a choir director. Girl, I had, well, um, so I'm, I'm with you on that one.
1: It just
0: did. It was weird. I feel like he's just arrogant in general, like entitled young millennial g white male. Which, with all the things that you described,
1: all I do is win does not seem to be the appropriate song for him there there's tons of
0: songs about entitled well white people right depending on who's doing it but a white person writing this particular script that is so the song that they would pick for him because i bet you that's the song that's on his playlist that he turned up to like can't nobody touch me
1: yeah he was like guys if you guys i'm assuming this is a guy because we're talking about a, a writer's room on a tv show so on a prime time tv show so it's it's safe to say it's probably mostly white males. Let's just be honest. Um, But he was like, guys, have you guys heard this song from DJ Khaled? Like that, that was, I know exactly what's going to work here. Or there was some intern who was taking notes in the writer's room and threw out, you know, pulled out his iPhone and hit play. And they were like, whoa, "Whoa." never heard heard this arrangement
0: that fits his voice. And I was like, yeah, he didn't, he didn't deliver with the swagger though either. It it just came off hella quick. It was flat. Yes. It was hella flat. So there was that.
1: At what point did she go to go get more cheese quakes? Oh.
0: Because... I have that she went. It was sometime after this, but I feel like it was after Max also professed his love for her. Oh. Because I was trying to remember, even for myself, but I was also trying to remember during that time, like, First of all, let's just talk about the theme, the, the the whole moment in the scene, regardless of how we got there. I was bothered by it. I was like, how do you have one conversation with the guy? You go home, tell your mom you're in love, and then you're just out and about after work getting cheese quakes. You already got two and you haven't called him yet. And you just knew he was going to be available for y'all to hang out and connect. What world are you living in?
1: Yes. And he just happened to have been there. So one, I want to go to the fairy building at some point because I don't ever remember saying cheese quakes, but they were in the fairy building. I think is the
0: first show because I've never been there. <laughs> no, they
1: were in the fairy building and she goes to buy these cheese and she's happy because she knows he likes these things and she runs into Simon and Simon is like, oh, hey, right. nice to run into you. And Zoe's like, hey, hey. So I was thinking maybe we could, you know, part two are discussion and he's like yeah so sure and then bam woman pops up another um I believe she's white I don't know she must be like Persian or
0: Mediterranean yeah she's ethnically ambiguous she's not she's not she's not black not white Um, not black or slave she's a yeah she might or might not be a person of color but she does get some tan that makes her look not european per se yeah she's she's the type of person who says
1: but sis we're all plc she's that kind of person um so yeah she pops up and he's like oh hey and she's like it's eh, always like shocked zoe's like oh my gosh this guy that i've spoken to one time never told me about a possibly Dating or having other women in his life because we are so involved for this one trauma bonding session. We're and so tight. We're so tight. And he goes, "Oh yeah, you know, meet my fiance." And she she said something about the wedding. Oh, she goes, "Oh, cheesequakes. Simon loves those. Um, he he wants to have them for the wedding." And I'm like, and Joey's like, "Wedding? <laughs> whoa, you're getting married? Whoa, 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 guy, I'm fallen in love with you over the course of one day." And. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, this is my fiance. And fiance seems to be like, oh, like, this is a new co-worker I've never met. She looks cool. And Zoe's like, oh, yeah, he wouldn't have mentioned me because we are not equal. Like, I'm one of the little people. Um, she says she's a coder again, which I hate, and, like, he's a bigwig, and so that's probably why you've never heard. She doesn't mention the fact that, like, Zoe just talked to the dude for the first time, like, three days ago. You know, Zoe leaves, like, Embarrassed, like they're all—they're both being very nice to her. The the fiance seems to be intrigued, like she wants to be friends with Zoe. She's just like, "Oh, nice to meet you." And Zoe just bounces, like dips, and she goes outside and she throws those expensive ass cheese quakes away. And I'm like, who does that? Like, first of all, that's probably twenty dollars worth of food in San Francisco.
0: Like. <laughs> 26. Those little cheesecakes were $13. You are. No, y'all no, don't want to show this on TV, but San Francisco
1: specifically, in the Bay Area in general, has a huge unhoused population. There are people who are living on the street, in the alleys, all that. You could have literally walked two paces and given those cheesecakes to anyone. But she was so upset that how dare this man possibly have a love interest other than her. She threw away the cheeseclakes. And I was like, see, you had me for a moment when you did this mm-hmm. stuff with your daddy. And then you popped up at work being all assertive. But now you're gonna do this and now I'm back on the fence. <sighs> Zoe.
0: Well isn't so goes, this the a- oh go ahead.
1: So I was gonna say so the next scene is she goes she goes back to work. Yep. and Simon Simon approaches her and he's like hey, just want to let you know, thank you so much for your help. I actually spoke to my fiance. Um, I was able to talk to her like I was able to talk to you. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if it weren't for you. And I'm sitting here like, Zoe, don't be this man's uh, work wife therapist. Like he has a fiance, leave it at that. Like he coming to tell you that like, I was able to talk to her, but she she didn't understand it the way you did. At that moment, she should have referred him to a therapist, but she didn't.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, they setting this up for us to kind of play around with the potential love interest between them. I think this was also what got her going in regards to like her stroke of genius to fix the bug.
1: Yes, because Um, he said something. I don't remember what it was, and it's probably very important because whatever it is, it drove the... The, the next phase of the narrative, but he said something and it's and it triggered something in Zoe. She was like, pause, please. Hey team, it's not the app nor the where, it's both. The firmware. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. And she started delegating. She was like, first we need to do this, then you need to do that, then you need to do this, then you need to do that. And then annoying white boy was like, why would I listen to you? And she was like, well, first of all, if this goes to market, horrible and it and it doesn't work it makes us all look bad so do it like do it or don't do it but you know whatever um and of course her so and he was like he immediately realized that what she was saying was true because he was like i would have figured that out in another few hours
0: yeah like, I, I was like but you didn't but you
1: didn't so i did um And so that, that was cool to see. So it seems, it seems like Simon is her weakness is one of her weak points because yeah, she, she was walking into work, all work assertive and like ready to take charge and all those things. And she did that. She was able to do all the things that her boss, that Lorelai told her she needed her to do. I need you to be a leader. I need you to be able to, um, communicate effectively. I need you to be able to take charge. She did all those things. Bam, bam, bam. So she's moving into this new phase of like, I got this. I can do this. But also she's very vulnerable and weak towards Simon's, what she's reading as Simon's advances. I don't think Simon even knows that he's, she's she's um, perceiving him being open and communicating with her as like re- romantic at all. He's just like, wow, I found someone who understands me. And she's yeah. reading it like this is my person. He doesn't know.
0: It <laughs> definitely is not there yet, especially in regards to like him having that moment without her telling him that what he shared with her is something that should be shared with his fiance. So the fact that he had like that level of emotional intelligence from that conversation and then go say, okay, like she's not the only person that should know. He yeah. Shared with his fiance, granted his response may not have been that of Zoe's, but that told me that his fiance is at top and front of mind for him. He is not yes. Zoe like that at all.
1: At all. Um, he just thinks it's nice that, that, like Zoe, somehow seems to understand exactly how he feels. He's not sure. He doesn't know that because she can read her thoughts.
0: But yeah. and that still yeah. is not based on anything, I agree. Either again, like you said it so well, she kind of just designed this conversation to sneak on in, and you no, know, yeah, he, she' about to be made of, She' gonna make herself the fool in this one.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I want to see where this. Goes. Um, I really like Simon. For when he's hot. Also, I had um, one of my book TV members shout out to, I think it was Lakeisha who said it, who pointed this out that um, the actress who plays Zoe was in that Netflix um, series with uh, Nay Zellweger. What would you really, I can't remember what it is. It's a Netflix what series if? with, yes, what if. So she uh, was the girl. Oh. Simon was her brother's boyfriend. In the same show? Wait. Yes. Remember the fine black eye that her brother, her Mexican brother, had a Yes, partner.
0: you are so right, girl. I've watched What If in, in One Day. Um, yes. Renee Zellweger looked at a hot-ass mess, but I was here for this plot.
1: Yes. So she pointed, Lakeisha pointed out to me that they were in the same and i was like oh my god they are and i thought he was really fine in that like i was like oh that man fine oh but he's oh he's gay okay but you're still fine um so i think simon is really attractive so of course i'm emotionally invested in him because he's hot and also i just like you said he appears to be very nuanced and layered it appears like and then the whole backstory i want to see where they take that i hope they they um you leverage his story with his father in some meaningful kind of way and not making it a trauma porn type thing. Um, because I feel like this is where some of this could go. If it, if it goes the wrong way, a lot of these narratives can be very trauma porny, like, you know, um, but so far the writers are pretty spot on. There are some missteps. Like there, there were some missteps there. Um, I think the show is getting, this episode is getting ready to wrap up because I think her boss brings her in and she kind of redoes that interview. Like, okay, now can you prove to me why you should have this job? And Zoe goes in there ultra confident. And she's like, actually I can. Point one, two, three, and 4. Like, bam. She's like, uh, her boss is like, yeah, you've made it clear that you are a very um, competent engineer because look at what just happened, but can you explain to me, how are you gonna be able to lead a team? And Zoe was like, I just did it, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, so yeah. I like the fact that they closed the loop on that um, in regards to the promotion thing. I do like how they they weaved in some of these things that were happening in her personal life that translated to her showing up in a different way in her professional life. Um, and congratulations, Zoe got the promotion. One of the things I thought about from that was, I mean, in a lot of my history there, I have not seen the peer get promoted to be someone that I now report to. It's typically mm-hmm. someone that's coming in from another company um, or that yeah. they're moving across the country. So I, I think it's also going to be interesting to see. I made note here that she was selected from her leadership from among her peers. There was really only one other person that cared to have the job, and that was all I do is win guy. Um, she's the only female. It appears to be her first direct report management role. So I'm wondering what other nuances of female glass ceiling, you know, working in a male dominated space, things that they'll work in and, and deal with this. I feel like there's a lot that could be centered around Zoe, but I feel like there are also many nuances that they've introduced into this that can be a part of this storyline that's not just about the playlist that are things that exist so like i'm really hoping that they deal with female leadership among men and you know leadership having to now have a leader that was once your peer like yeah do you show favoritism because i'm thinking like her and max even like they're super close and clearly have a personal relationship outside of work Um, is he someone that she would show favoritism to? Or did she put up a very hard boundary so it didn't appear as though she shows him favoritism? People know that um, they are are real friends. And then we also know that by the end of this episode, he thinks he loves her or he definitely has feelings for her. So that adds even another nuance to her role because it's like, it's your friend, he like you. You know he like you, but he ain't told you yet. And you his boss. Yeah. So how is that? Like one
1: of our co-workers was actually like, oh, wow, cool. Now I get to report to two women. Like I have two bosses. Wow, I have two women bosses. Wow. Like so exciting. Um, Yeah, I, the, I'm interested. I'm interested to see what's going to happen in episode two. I just like made note of some things that I thought like I think, you know, I I tend to focus on criticism, but some of the things that were done really well was, like, the pace was, you know, all in this one episode, we got a lot, like, we, we, we know who Zoe is at her core, we know where she began, we kind of have an idea of her origin story, like, maybe why she's the way that she is, we know that she has this gift slash curse, we know that she's already utilizing it, um, we know that she's already grown. She's, she's shown up, um, stood up and became, asserted started a new role in her family and started a new role at work. You know, um, some of the things were, um, I talk about some of the things that were not spot on as far as continuity or as far as credibility, but there were some things that were spot on. Like um, the office did feel very techie besides the fact that everybody was too overly dressed. Um, but the cereal bar, there was a ping pong table. Um, there was, um, um, their boss said they were communicating via Slack, right? Those are all very San Francisco tech things. And I thought that was nice because I don't think those are things like, I don't know how many people use Slack, but I don't know if that's like something's being, but I don't know if that's something that's being used outside of the tech industry. Like I think most tech companies use Slack, right? So that was like, Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm bought and sold on this tech idea. They also had like very, um, open, open layout, which I hate. I hate, I'm sorry. I hate it. I'm just like, I'm tired of sitting at this big ass lunch table with my coworkers. Please move them somewhere else. I need my own space. Um, they had this like informal meeting in the middle of the office, like sitting on like bleachers. Like that was all very, very techy. So I thought that that was cute. Um, there were some, there was another miss. I felt like the misogyny at work needs to be turned up several notches and maybe that's what's going to happen because she's now in a position of leadership, but it was for her to be the only woman. And I don't know if this is because her team is led by a woman. Um, there was not enough misogyny for it to be realistic. Like men in those scenarios, especially in engineering, do not want a woman leading them or a woman being on their team. Um, we know this for a fact. If y'all remember the, the fallout that happened with Uber when uh, sis came forward and was like, yeah, um, I filed complaints against my manager for sexual harassment and she ended up getting fired. Right. Like there's this whole thread of like all the threats that occurred because how dare a woman be in this space? Like she not even a real engineer anyways. Like so for her to just be like so readily accepted by her peers and them to kind of like rag on her very lightly, like, Oh, maybe y'all was talking about skinny margaritas. I was like, okay, I need that to be up a few notches. Like that was not That was not um, enough for me. And I think that was about, I think we pretty much covered everything. I um, I'm liking the flow. I'm liking the arc of the show. Um, I just think what's really lacking is the, I mean, the, the show is centered around music and that to me is the weak point. It's so I'm like, this whole thing is about music, 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 and I'm not sold on the music yet. And y'all had about six or seven musical numbers and none of them. The only one that moved me was the, the one with her father. And what a man was cute and appropriate. Everything else seemed to be either irrelevant or just not appropriate, Like it just didn't fit so i'm definitely looking forward to episode 2 um want to see more simon i definitely we didn't forgot all about mo i want to see more mo i need mo i really wish this was called mo's incredible playlist because i feel like listen, mo's playlist is off
0: the hook listen you already just, know
1: cuz i just said off the hook like i don't lord who says
0: that somebody I did. 36 year old woman. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Woo.
1: Woo. But Mo, we need Mo's playlist. Yeah, I want to take this time out, of course, to thank you because um, the audience doesn't know this, but this has been on the table for quite some time. And I have mostly been procrastinating and Ashley is a huge podcast aficionado and she's like girl she's like girl we we should just do a podcast because we talk about these things and they're hilarious and nobody hears them but us and I'm like you right you right um but then I get scared so shout out to Ashley and also shout out to our friends at pod recognize pod because special and everybody else has made us feel so welcome as newbies in the podcast community and they've really been so encouraging to us and just like not stingy with the knowledge at all um Mm -hmm. love them if you're in the bay area actually if you're anywhere right now because it's being held virtually please check out pod recognize pod it is a meetup for podcasters or those who are interested in podcasting and I mean, they're experts, and we're gonna plug them every time. We'll be plugging their individual podcasts as well. But um, we love y'all. They like we went to them with. We basically pitched to them like what we wanted to do, and they were like, "Great, love it, do it." And I was like, "Oh, I was not expecting that yeah. for me." Like I thought y'all was gonna be like, mm, "I don't know how that's gonna work." But so many, many thanks to everyone there. And
0: um do you have
1: any anything you wanna say?
0: I just wanna say thanks to the listeners for listening. Thank you so much. Um, for Pi Recognize Pi with the support and special. I'm special. Um, I'm so special. So special, so special, so special. I'm playing, I'm playing playing. I see, I I got a playlist. The that the show needs to be actually extraordinary playlist. Um True. This was great. I'm looking forward to um, debriefing, discussing, tearing apart epi- more episodes of this, and then just some other shows that we can get into. Like, I really enjoy this dialogue, G. So thank you. Shout out to you for uh, being like, okay, girl, let's let do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, let's do it.
1: Oh, let's do it. Let's see. we getting silly now. You'd wow. See. I was just about to say that, but I stopped myself because I was like, you doing too much. But yeah, like we already, we, we didn't gave five, three, four classic songs in the last minute and a half that fit in the context of what we were talking about. See, this is all y'all had to do. This is all y'all had to do. Call us, girl. Call us. We are available for consulting and um, writing, staff writing gigs, voiceovers, all of that. Enough about us.
0: Well, that's all for this week, folks. Join us for our next episode as we recap episode two of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. The same Black time and
1: the same Black-ass channel.
0: Until then, continue to defend, support, and protect Black lives.